The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Football is over. We're back talking baseball. Up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Stick around. Happy Monday evening, everybody. Sorry, uh, Jeff and I are a, a day late than, uh, than normal uh, posting the podcast, but uh, we got all the info that we need. And luckily, it's, uh, you know, not in season, so not a big deal. Switch from Sunday to Monday. I appreciate everybody sticking with us. Uh, a lot of uh, funny comments online about us jumping back a day, but uh, we do understand that everybody loves to hear the podcast. So we uh, we appreciate uh, appreciate all the all the comments and everything. But uh, I am Scott Jensen. Join us always as, with uh, Jeff Erickson uh, on this podcast. We are sponsored by WinBet. We appreciate their partnership all year long for the podcast. Uh, Jeff, how are you? Uh, football's over. It's time to jump into baseball, kind of. Kind of, although, you know, hey, it seems like it's getting worse, not better, but uh, so it goes. We'll see about that there, Scott. But getting my voice back, literally. Um, yeah. uh, did, it, did, it, did it get a, a little bit of uh, vocalizing your feelings yesterday? I did. Uh, for the 12 people that haven't heard, I was at the Super Bowl yesterday. and. Nice. Was heartbreaking, but it was also a bucket list item. No regrets at all about going. Uh, it was. I'm writing up an, uh, an article about my experience doing nice. it, but it was sensory overload. I mean, especially an assault on the eardrums. I don't know if you've been to SoFi, but any like it's like going to an NBA game. They just pound your ears. But SoFi, they've got 260 speakers for their their audio system. They've got this massive video board. It's connected to that. I was up at the 500 level. So I was right even with that. I could look like look straight ahead. And there's the there's the replays and all that instead of looking down. Uh, but I went, I went to a Cowboys game and they had the same like screen. Like, do you find right. yourself watching the screen more than the field a little too much? No, no. I was pretty I was good the Cowboy, about I was the, the Cowboys field. game and I just like, you just like naturally it's so huge and right in front of you. It's hard not to look up at that rather than kind of focusing on what's going on down below. You have to like actually like focus and think about watching the play live rather than watching the screen. You know, the cool thing about being up high is you see plays developing. Yeah, I like that. I actually like that in football. I think, uh, I think in-person football up a little bit is really good. Uh, Hopefully you have not watched the last play and saw how that would have developed if he had, if Burrow had any time. Uh, Too soon, man. I have seen, I saw it last night when uh, uh, Jay Morrison posted it. uh, And I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, you know, it's uh, blocking Aaron Donald and Von Miller was always gonna be the problem in that game, but yeah, and it, it was a and it hell, really hell was. of an effort, hell of an effort. It was a hell of an effort, despite that, you know what? And it's not like well, I don't want to get it too much down the rabbit hole. Let's just say I'm proud of the team, it's damn hard to get to the Super Bowl, let alone yeah. to win it. And we may, I hope it's not Dan Marino where he never gets back, 
But man, this team, I, I'm excited about this team's future. Nonetheless, not only that, like that month of January was just awesome for you guys. Like that's a it fun, was. that's a fun run that like, everybody's like, Oh, we lost it. But like, all those wins that you can't take those away. Those are so fun as a fan. So it's uh, it was good. Yep. Let's jump into baseball. Um, at the top, real quick, how do you feel about the the situation with the season at the moment? Do you feel better or worse than last week? Are you uh, unchanged of last week? Where are you kind of feeling with the uh, with all the CBA crap we're dealing with here? I think I feel worse. Um, and I didn't think I'd feel worse. I was like, okay, you know, and it leaked that there's a, a negotiation session planned on Saturday before Manfred made his remarks on Thursday. I was like. Okay, whatever crap he says on Thursday, at least they're going to be at the table. And then he said what he said on Thursday, which wasn't great. No. Uh, wasn't awful, but there were some really stupid things in there, like uh, you know, better better off investing in the stock market than owning a baseball team. So just How stop. Is, just just stop, stop talking already. Does someone not like read his speech beforehand and clear that. Like he must have a team of people. Like, dude, this is really stupid. Like, there's no way he just writes that and goes out there, right? Like, no, he didn't. How about he didn't write that? Yeah, it's like the same. How much of smart people let that go, though? No, but they're the ones writing it. The smart, the so-called smart people are the I ones know. writing it. You know, it, it's it's uh, St. Louis's owner said that during uh, COVID in 2020. You know, he said, "Oh, it's not the, it's not necessarily a great investment." Royal sell for a billion dollars. <laughs> Stop! Right? Yeah, come on, don't 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 insult us here. They are, and I know, you know, players. Maybe they they could have brought the mediator to the table or whatever. They could at least cosmetically make it look better, but the mediator doesn't know shit. I mean, yeah. part of my language, but you know, when, when that's happened in previous labor issues, you know, the, the mediator has their own agenda, uh, own agenda. It's yeah. something that's also completely different. And then you see the details of the offer and the latest thing that just came out just today from Jeff, Jeff Passan, where they're trying to eliminate more minor league jobs too, as part of the deal there. It's like, are they are they steering into the evilness there? Are, are they are they grew from Despicable Me? I mean, it, I, I, it feels like it. Pre reform grew. That is, uh, it feels like it. It really does. Um, and then you get you know the, the people carrying their water, saying like, oh, ba- the players need to come halfway. Halfway to what? Yeah. The, the, the major league baseball has come like a penny closer, if that. And anyway, so I, I don't even know what they want. Yes. Except for more of the same, or maybe to crush them a little bit. They don't even want more of the same. They want more, and they've been winning the last ten years. So, I, uh, I feel about the same as I did last week. I think that uh, I think that the the key day to like the mar- first week of March is kind of I didn't ever I didn't think anything would ever really happen till that when you get I think there'll be that one push in the first week of March to like where you can still save the whole season, you can still start on time. And I think that, you know, if you could start by March seventh, eighth, somewhere in there, I think you get a whole season, everything's fine. But I think that first week of March would be really big. My concern is that they get past that first week of March and that the kind of the opening day is off the table, then I kind of feel like the like the 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 impetus to get stuff done kind of goes away again. And that's what scares me. Cause I think that there'll be a huge rush to get that done. If it doesn't get done there, then I think they kind of let it linger for way too long. Right. And I haven't lost my impetus to get things done, but <laughs> I it's not I I can see a little glint in the tunnel, though, too, of, uh, you know, out of my tunnel vision. Like, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Dynasty football, everybody. Let's get into yeah. it. I mean, I'm, I, I'll play Dynasty football, but I'm going to really get into it if that's the case. I might even, like, do a trade with Brad Ziegler, you know, the day he offers it, as opposed to, like, not yet, Brad. I'm at the freaking Super Bowl. Don't send me an offer right now. But uh, Brad, Brad Ziegler, a very good trader. He gets stuff done. He is. Uh, he's very persistent. Yeah. yeah. I, he literally sent me a trade offer last night. I'm like, <laughs> Not now, Brad. Yeah, not now. But uh, you're gonna need a hot minute. But uh, that's okay. Um, 
I am still going to join another DC this week. Uh, but like Greg, we had Greg Ambrosius on our show today, and he was saying, sign up, slow down yeah. uh, this week. It's kind of came to a screeching halt basically on Saturday. He has uh, to be, he has to be beyond frustrated. I mean, this is, this is okay. livelihood in this business. He's boiling over. Yeah. And it's yeah. my livelihood too. And, yeah. you know, it, it really sucks. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really awful. And yeah, there's still reason for hope. And I don't want to dissuade people from, you know, preparing for baseball because what's going to happen is we're going to have a compressed draft season, compressed spring yeah. training, compressed free agent signing. It's going to come. I've used the analogy before. It's like going to be a fire hose of information that's yeah. going to be coming at us. And it will. We, you know, do your late, you know, your basic leg work now. Yeah. So that way, when everything else happens and playing time things get switched, you're ready. I mean, you're, you're going to have to. Re- that's why I think you're, you're still, it behooves you to kind of throw yourself into it now, especially because, you know, everything else is off the table. Yeah, Unless, or you can that, become a soccer fan. Well, like luckily, this. luckily, I'm a big basketball fan, so I have that going on. I believe I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in with both feet right now. Usually after the Super Bowl is when I do, but my, mm-hmm. my theory is whenever the, I'm going to do, you know, when I was, I'm analyzing players, anything, anytime the season starts, that analysis is still going to be, still going to be credible. I'll have to, you know, move playing time and obviously adjust guys. If you have a shorter season, I think that a few guys become, you know, a few positions become more important. A few become a little bit less. I think that closes and waiting become less important because you know if someone takes over the job. Two months in, you only have two months left. That's a bigger deal than if they take it over two months in. There's four months left. So I think there's yep. there's some things to shift. I think the 60 game season, I kind of realize what I would shift when I need to. But I think the kind of the player talk, player analysis, we're gonna do a bunch of that tonight. I think that's all still important. You have to you have to put the the, the work in at some point. And like you said, it's gonna be a compressed prep time. So like you can't wait till we get a season date because you're just not gonna have time at that point. That's right. That's exactly right. So let's get into it. Let's let's Absolutely. get some of this done. We're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk some last year's bums. Always a fun topic. Topic, guys. So you know, looking at their 2022 value, guys who struggled in 2021, and then for the second half, we're gonna do some uh, interesting players after pick 300. I always think it's a good exercise to you know, looking and not necessarily targets or fades, but guys who I think are interesting after 300. There are some guys in here that I really do want to take and, and have targeted, and I'll probably have to move them up after I talk about them. But uh, you know, some guys that, that are interesting after 300, I think is very important as you're getting your drafts. You need to hit a couple of those guys in the, in the kind of the back third of the draft, but. Let's talk about some last year's bums. Um, you know, guys who struggled last year. My first one on the list, we talked about Christian Yelich last week, so I'm going to try not to repeat anything we talked about last week. But uh, as Yelich came up, we kind of hit on Bellinger, Cody Bellinger a little bit. But I want to talk about him. Um, ADP last year in the main event was 23.1, so is like kind of the middle of the second round. ADP right now is 100. That's a huge drop for a guy kind of in the, you know, the prime of his career age-wise. Uh, but hit a buck 65 last year. I think every time I look at that, I think I have it wrong when I type it, but that's always the same. Uh, it, it never changes. Uh, and he had 19 home runs, 350 plate appearances. Um, K rate was up to a career high. Swing strike rate was up to a career high. Uh, walk rate was down to a career low. Um, obviously, it was a huge struggle. I mean, the question with Bellinger is, was he ever healthy? Was the shoulder? Was there other right. stuff going on? Um, you know, hard hit rate and barrel rate, both at career lows. We're talking 34% hard hit rate. Like that's, you're getting down to like, uh, you know, not quite punchy Judy's type of guys, but not far away. Um, but ADP hundred, we're talking middle of the seventh round. Uh, are you willing to jump back in with a shot that, uh, you know, clearly a, a huge upside player? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have actually, uh, especially cause I'm looking for maybe some speed upside from someone that can still hit for power too. Yeah. at that point in the draft round pick 100, you know, it's he or Yelich are usually compared to each other every time. So I'll do it too. I, I prefer Bellinger over Yelich. It's weird, but you know, last year I was big fading him coming off the shoulder injury, the shoulder, excuse me, the shoulder surgery. Yeah. Uh, and the, no, the knowledge that he was trying to change his swing before 2020 even started too. Made, coming off an MVP season, you know, switching his thing, swing. Yeah. 
uh, we, we, I belabored that point before, but uh, I'll do it again. Still watch, but yet, and it, it's signature significance, little stuff, but seeing him homer in the playoffs, you know, turning on a high fastball, that's the yeah. sort of swing he didn't have most of the year. And let's just read off all these injuries. It was the shoulder, shoulder, shoulder surgery, torn labrum in his shoulder, or a dislocated right shoulder. Even that. And, and then during the season, calf injury. Oh, wait, no, it's a broken fibula. Weird play, too. They're playing the A's. So I was watching that game. He just kind of got stepped on. I was yeah. like, oh, that's like he got spiked a little bit. He might be out a day or two. And then all of a sudden, right. he's out forever. It was really strange. Months. Yeah. Months. Uh, then he also had the the rib injury last yep. year. I think he had a hamstring injury. Yeah, he had a hamstring injury late last season, too. All these things. Like, he was just never healthy. I I got to think full season, full off season of, of rehab and recovery is going to help. I, I, there was a thing going around with him and some other Dodger players taking batting practice together. Um, I, I think someone even said like, he, he said something like he's going to get high less often or something like that. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, that might've been tongue in cheek. I, I, I probably shouldn't have even repeated that, but you know, uh, you know, that would be a good thing too. Um, I, I, I think there's re you know, I, I don't think you have to pay anywhere close to what it takes to get a big yeah. profit from him. And, and Seventh crazy. round picks fail all the time. Eighth round picks all fail all the time. So why not take a chance there? It's funny you mentioned the the home run, the high fastball, and like that was his issue last year. He hit three twenty seven yep. on fastballs in twenty nineteen. Hit a buck fifty on them uh, last year. Like unbelievable that Cody Miller's hit a buck fifty on fastballs. He slugged six sixty one on fastballs in twenty nineteen. Three twenty six in twenty twenty one. I mean that that screams injury to me. Like you got Cody Bellinger, you got bat speed. Like that screams something was wrong the entire time. Yep. Um, I just think a pick a hundred, like you, like you said, you seventh round picks fail all the time. You're taking, there's just so little risk there for the Houston. Yeah. I think he's someone that's going to move up a little bit as we get to the main event. I think he's going to be in the eighties and nineties. If you really want to take him, I think there's a little bit of buzz. He's kind of the kind of guy that if, if we do have a little bit of spring training, he chose anything, he'll fly up a little bit even more than that. But uh, for sure, I'm uh, I'm willing to do it. If I got to go six round, I'm willing to take Bellinger. And I just think, uh, I think the the downside is not as low as people think it is. I don't think he's hitting above 65. I mean, the downside's probably, 230 that's probably in play that's what he hit in 2020 but i mean this guy hit 305 in 2019 so there's like upside across the board yeah i think and if he's broken we'll know it pretty quickly yeah uh i will want to see the summer training reports from him uh to see if uh, <laughs> that is, before that before is, we do the main that is savage uh, right there summer training. i know sorry uh before but yeah uh, i i want to see uh you know see that there and i i, I think if i see that I'm going to if I see him like ripping it, then I'm going to be all in, I'm going to be going in him. But then again, if he's ripping it, yeah. he's going back into the third round. Yeah, I don't know if I go quite that hard, but probably fourth round. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to go pretty early. Um, I think he's one of those guys we'll be watching very carefully. You're going to be watching him. Obviously, Jacob Degrom is going to be the most watched player in spring training. Uh, I think Justin Verlander will be closely watched. I think uh, Chris Sale and Shane Bieber will also be pretty closely watched too. Uh, I think those are the guys that uh, I, I, I'll be watching a lot in spring. Any of those those high-profile players that were hurt last year will be all over. Absolutely. Agreed there. Another guy who is about 80 picks off his 2021 ADP is DJ LeMahieu in New York. Uh, 35.7 was the main event AP last year. He's about 117 this year. Um, just a weird, a weird power fall off. And I think you, as you look at this, you know, maybe 2019 with those, whatever it was, the 23 home runs, 26 home runs, maybe, uh, maybe we're talking big time, happy fun ball guy in 2019, but he had 268 last year, 
10 home runs, only four stolen bases. They have 84 runs. That's 680 plate appearances. Like, that's a pretty a pretty mess stat line where you get six, you know, almost 700 plate appearances. I think the key to me was the average. I mean, he hit, what, 324 or 327 in 2019, 364 in 2020, uh, fell way off to 268. For a guy who I think we always kind of worried that the 2019 power wasn't real, not getting the batting average was huge. Um, you know, the barrel rates are really low. We're not going to get power out of him. I think that he can't be drafted for power. But how do you feel about him in terms of a, a, a batting average bounce back, hitting in a good lineup, scoring a bunch of runs, that kind of player at 117? I'm shocked he didn't hit 364 again. No. Um Right. He was 100 points below that almost, which is yeah. wild. But wasn't he one of your fades last year? Uh, he was. I didn't want to like talk about that and talk myself up, but he was a fade. No, well, that's why I'm here to talk you up because you'll you never go. talk yourself up. I much, you, I much appreciate it. He was. He, uh, there, were, there were probably some guys on the fade list that were really good, but he was He was on the fade list last year. The only fade fade victory lap you'll do is Victor Robles. Uh, I because, do, I will, no, I'll do Andrew Benintendi too because that was a phenomenal call. Yeah, uh, that was. Uh, but As a second yeah. rounder or whatever he was that year. Yeah, he. I think happy fun ball is was a big part of his life. Uh, going the opposite way at Yankee Stadium was a big thing for him. Taking that away from him is probably uh, is, is, it was probably something that really wrecked him. But he's a good hitter. He's not going to hit two sixty eight again either. I think he's probably a two eighty five type of guy. Uh, what is I, your what's your home run projection on him? I think I put him down for eighteen. What do you I think? think? I Would think you take I the would, under on that? I think I'd take the under on that, but slightly. I think you get like, I think 14 to 16 is a pretty good number for him. So I don't, yeah. I don't think 18 is way off. I had to bet one side of it, I'd probably take the under, but I think, uh, right. I just think he barrels up so few balls that you just, you have to like hit every one you barrel up out. And I just, I think 14 to 16, but he, get, he gets 600 play appearances again. Like that's a ton of runs in that lineup. Too. Right. Uh, and of course, we're presuming all, all projections presume 162 game schedule. Of course. Uh, yeah, I haven't changed we'll, that yet. We'll prorate as as needed, of course, but everybody be prorated so it doesn't, you know, it all it all. Comes but out. you know what? I might go a little lower. I mean, on that, I mean, it was prior to joining the Yankees, his career high was 15 homers. So yeah, 18 is too high. I need to downgrade that just a little yeah. bit. 2019 is doing a lot of work there. I just look projection. at two two point nine percent barrel rate and three point seven percent last two years. Like those are really low numbers. Like you just hard hit a ton of home runs. You're not barreling up a ton of balls. Yeah. That I think that's right. Someone in the chat wants to know what's the percentage the Reds make the playoffs this year. That's definitely a you question. Um, let's see if they give away more players. Uh, yeah. you, caught, you should have caught Reds cast uh, uh, on Thursday <laughs> when I had uh, Jenny Butler and uh, Doug Dennis and Clay Link on. I'm I'm bummed out. I'm bummed out at what they do now. If they have expanded playoffs, and obviously the owners really really want that, that that helps their chances a smidge. Yeah. Uh, if we get some sort of crazy schedule where it's so central division loaded again, like that, that would help their cause too. Even then though, um, I would say 30%, 35%. It's pretty low. I mean, they're one of three chain. Uh, I'm going to repeat the stat that I said last week, this guy, one of three teams that haven't signed a major league player this off season. Uh, <laughs> another one being our A's and, and then everybody's pirates because they're going to receivership. No, it's yeah. not the Pirates. It's the Guardians. I'm sorry. The Pirates actually have been more active. They've acquired a major leaguer this offseason. Um, so I yeah. would definitely take the under that per, that percent on the A's making the playoffs. So it makes you feel better about that. Yeah, we're both pretty grouchy right now. Pretty yeah, it's, salty. It's rough. Um, so since you gave me props on a fade, I'm going to give you props on a fade. You were uh, all over the fade list for Blake Snell last year. At, uh, mm -hmm. His ADP was uh, 35 in the main event. You were no part of that. You had him way lower than that. Um, his ADP right now is 108. He had a 4.20 ERA, 4.20 ERA and 128 and two thirds last year. Um, but someone that stepped up in the second half, he was really bad in the first half, 3.24 ERA in the second half. 
K rate still 31%. He had a ton of issues with walks last year, 12.9% uh, walk rate. However, uh, if you want to look, squint see a little better, 10.8 in the second half. Still not a good number, but better. Um, bail rate was a career high. Hard hit rate was a career high. So, you know, walking guys and getting powered contact is a really bad combo. But second half strikeout rate was 33%. Like, he still can punch guys out. Yeah, and uh, he bagged his uh, changeup. Uh, and that, that might have been the thing. Now, over the course of a full season, are people get, are hitters going to adjust to that and punish him accordingly? Probably a little bit there. Uh, whip's always the issue. Whip and endurance are the two big issues with Snell. Yeah. Yeah, one, even with that last eight start tear where he had a .77 whip, still ended up at one three two on the season. You know, so think about that. It's all baked in. Yet I'm, I'm sneakily in. I think this is, you know, he didn't want to be traded away from the race. I think he's an emotional guy. I think he had a hard time adjusting to that. I think he had a hard time. He thought like, oh, finally, I'm getting away from the race, uh, the race quick hook. And then Jace Taylor said, wait, he get a hold of me. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, he didn't say in that sort of tone of voice. That would be weird. Right. But, uh, you know, it, it was definitely a case there where I think he had a super quick hook. And I think that cost the Padres a lot uh, that not just with the starters, but I think the overuse of their key bullpen guys, I think they wore down big time down the second half of the stretch of the season. And you mentioned the quick hook. I know it's only three starts and it doesn't really mean that much, but I love the fact that he threw seven plus innings his last three starts. They finally let him go. And, you know, he was really good. Those three starts, he had 11, 10, and 10 strikeouts in those starts. Like maybe I think they've, you hope at some point at Tingler's head, maybe he realized that he can leave him in there for six, leave him in there for seven. Doesn't have to yank him. I mean, he had what, one start over six innings the first, um, like uh, it, until August, essentially he had a couple sixes, but nothing over six until August eight. Like, and then he had four uh, seven plus after that. So I think they, they clearly made a change. He was pitching better. They trusted him more, um, you know, not giving up seven runs to start helps uh, staying in the game longer too. That there's no doubt there. Um, I'm kind of sneakily in at one Oh eight too. I think it's uh, as you get into those rounds, it's hard to find high strikeout guys. And he's definitely one that fits that bill. How's Melvin's hook. Uh, how quickly is he going to pull him? Uh, not nearly as fast as Tingler or Cash. Probably not, you know, uh, not uh, Dusty Baker in the Cubs days, but uh, enough that he trusts his guys. I think he'll get some six and seven inning starts. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is, and while we're on you know, Melvin here, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the bullpen situation there. You know, he has a, he'll change his closers pretty quickly. Uh, and that was a problem with San Diego. We don't have a clear closer in San Diego. If you are rolling the dice right now, who would you bet be the Padres closer? Craig Kimbrell. Anybody, so if they don't make a trade, members currently on the roster, people that have been in the Padres kitchen so far, uh, <laughs> who who would you choose? Gun to my head, I go Emilio Pagan. Melvin has some history with him. I uh, seem to trust him oh, in God. Oakland. That's probably who I'd go with. But I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't want to do it. You make me pick somebody. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. I, gun to the head. I'm sorry. I, I think they <laughs> signed somebody or trained for somebody. Yeah. I mean, am I going to overdraft Emilio Pagan for the third year in a row? <laughs> I know I did too. Like... I was sure he was closing over Melanson last year. So you, we talk about good stuff. I said in the fade list, like Pagan over Melanson was a horrible call. So I did that. Pagan and Pomerantz in the main did not do Melanson, uh, Melanson there. Oh, hey, hey, you had 67% chance to get the closer. And I failed badly. Yeah. You look at that bullpen. You're right. For a, for a team that wants to contend has a really good offense, has obviously a ton of good pitch. They got, you know, if Clevenger is, back and, and healthy and then uh, four really good starters uh, a really good offense you can't imagine they go into the bullpen they go in the season with pierce johnson and emilio pagan and i guess they go to nelson suarez Lamette. roberto suarez suarez, suarez. 
Austin Adams, maybe. I guess he used to throw hard in Seattle. I remember he was kind of one of those guys that everybody was drafting in Seattle a couple years ago. Like he was going to be the next guy, but they got they got to sign somebody, right? And then he did some fine uh, paintings in the in his downtime too. When wow, he look uh, at the look at the culture reference. Right yes, there. there. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, not really. Uh, um, it's, a it's like okay, AA Adams. You know, okay, I'll go with that there. But here's a here's a guy I can't figure out. I'm curious your your feeling on <laughs> Labor Torres. Oh, um, no. Main event, 58 was his ADP last year, um, 140 this year. So we're talking another guy who's fallen, what is that, 83 spots. Uh, 259 last year, nine home runs, 51 RBIs. He did steal 14. He had 12 in his career before that. So that was a, a nice little boost and helped out people who drafted him. Not enough for the draft price, but at least it helped a little bit. It's weird. You look at he has 12 home runs his last 169 games. You take 2020 and 2021, 12 home runs total in Yankee Stadium in that lineup, you know, coming off the huge 2019, another guy where maybe happy fun ball was a huge thing. It's weird. You look at him. His hard hit rate's never been over 38%. I, I was surprised by that. I figured those a couple of big power years there would have had some some good hard contact numbers. You know, barrel rate in 2021 was 7.8. K rate's okay at 20%. Not a problem, really. Um, fly ball rate's down to 36%. Average exit velocity last year was 15th percentile in the majors. Like it's, I kind of try to find a way. I, I usually when I jump in a guy like this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to see a way to the first three guys we talked about. I'm kind of interested at the new price. Um, I had a hard time talking myself into Glaber. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I have a bet with Liss already. Uh, Dansby Swanson versus Glaber Torres. Just most fantasy value. All right. Assuming a full season. Uh, and if it's close, if it's like 17 to 16 or something like that, it's a wash, but you know, it's got to be a clear and convincing winner. Uh, I'm on Team Dansby. Uh, if if listen not in the show anymore, do you have to like send someone to Portugal to find the money? How does that work? <laughs> you know the internet works there still. Uh, um, but uh, you know, I I think here's the thing. I mean, it, it's two years now. Yeah, I don't think it was a health thing that stopped him from hitting hitting for power. You know, what his, his happy hunting zone has been changed. Cam, you know, Camden Yards is now yeah. a really tough place to hit homers as a righty. Yep. Uh, I give me a reason to be optimistic, you know, and I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, you know, all the, all the stuff you cited, like the, the exit velocity, the, you know, pull percentage is down, the ground ball rates up hard, hard hit percentage is career low. I know that all tells you what he did before. It doesn't yeah. tell you why he did that. Yeah. And he, he hit for power in his rookie year in 2018. So it's not just happy fun ball, yep. but still happy fun ball is doing a lot of the work of that projection. Again, your common thread, 2019, career high in homers. Why isn't he hitting for power anymore? Yep. And it's wild. You look at home run for fly ball. It was 21% in 2019, 7% last year, 7% in 2020. I mean, it's just – I think I'd take Swanson too. I kind of like Dansby Swanson. I think I would uh, – I think I'd take your side of that one. Yeah, Dansby Swanson. And I, I think I made the point last week, but God bless it. I'm going to do it again. Um, he hit for power. He scored a bunch of runs. He knocked in runs. He yep. ran and stole nine bases. His ADP went down. It's like like 20 spots lower than it was last year. I guess he's is because he's a volume player. And there's a lot of good shortstops, but <laughs> give me Dansby at that price every time. I certainly would have lost the bet if I thought Dansby Swanson's ADP went up or down. That's for sure. Yeah. It's like 115 to 120 now. And yeah, I'll, I'll pay that. Uh, and I, I, that's, it's actually comforting knowing that that's, a, that's a pivot for me if I miss out on some of these top shortstops, because you know, the thing is we want to get other quantities. We want to go out and get that closer. Want to get that, get that third starter. Well, okay. I can still get Dansby. 
Uh, before we get a few other players, I'm going to punt a question to you here. You're probably, you're more, you probably know more prospects than I do. If uh, Kevin Kiermaier or Manny Margot gets traded or Austin Meadows, um, what happens to Josh Lowe's value in an AL only auction? I, I assume it skyrockets, but um, is there any other answer? I mean, yeah, I mean, Josh, he, is, he is Josh Lowe, right? Not Josh Lau. Correct. It's Lowe. Okay. It's uh, related to Nate Lowe, uh, right. not to Brandon Lau. You mean Nathan- uh, Nathaniel Lowe? Yeah, you know, fine. Nathaniel. Um, yes. <laughs> People should be called what they want to be called. Uh, that is a good point. Uh, Josh Lowe is a better prospect than Vidal Bruhan. Um, I, 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 and Bruhan's going to, his pathway is to the outfield too. And I think Lowe is way more ready. Um, and I think he's a better defensive player in the outfield. I think he's a better hitter. Uh, I, I think he's a very fun prospect. It, pathway to playing time 20, is the interesting 20, part. Plus, he's going to go 22 26 last year. Wow. Yeah. And I think uh, he's going later than Bruhan, uh, and he should go before. There you go. Well answered. Um, let's get a few, couple more last year's bonds before we get to guys after 300. But first, a note for our sponsors at WinBet. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more, all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states. The number keeps going up. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we've got a couple more last year's bones before we get into some deeper guys. Uh, a Reds guy here for you, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, we talked about drops in ADP. His drop in ADP is 150 slots from last year to this year, which is pretty wild when you consider it was just a year ago. His main event ADP was 62 last year, 210 this year. Uh, but he hit 190 in 198 last year. Did have 31 home runs and 79 RBIs. He hit 202 in 2020. So I think people are just now officially full on worried about the batting average. You get back to back years where you hit 200. Did hit 271 in 2019, 283 in uh, 2018. Um, what do you feel about Suarez? You're the Reds fan. I'm gonna let you kind of go here. What uh, What do you feel about the new price? I wrote an article last week about three players I changed and three players I added. One of them was Suarez that I downgraded him. Uh, I because I battle tested my projections and where I had him like around 170, 180. He was the top remaining guy in my queue for rounds, and I didn't want to take him. I don't want you to take him there. I don't want at least not there. I don't care that he's eligible at shortstop. I mean, I guess it helps in that, but I I think the batting average decline is real. Uh, I maybe a full year at just at playing third base again helps. I think moving him to shortstop probably didn't help him. Uh, but I think it's more than that. I just think his bat's slower. Um, and I think he was guessing a lot to try to make up for that. I just, I, he'll run into plenty. He'll get you power. But I, I think it's going to crush your batting average. There's no speed to speak of. Uh, he was platooning at the end of the year with Moustakis. Now that now that we have the universal DH, that might be less of an issue. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I I just I, I'm I'm pretty negative right now. Uh, so if he he needs to get a haircut like to the two sixties or so before I start to take him. Uh, and it's interesting because everything I looked at kind of plays into what you're saying about guessing a lot. I mean, the, the barrel rate went up, but the strikeouts are strikeouts are up. The hard hits down. The walks are down. Um, it just it feels like when he you're right, he's guessing. And when he gets it, he gets it. But when he doesn't, it's it's really, really ugly. It's kind of like how I felt Matt Chapman was the second half of last year. It was kind of like it was like he was fr- frustrated, struggling, pressing. And every once in a while he'd run into one. But you kind of felt like he was just guessing to try and run into one more than anything else. Yeah, that's right. Now, between those two, who are you taking, Chapman or Suarez? I think I'd still take Chapman, but I might just be biased. I just think that uh, – I think the the hip injury is the one thing that makes me think that maybe Chapman, uh, you know, there was something wrong there, and he kind of turned around where Suarez doesn't kind of have that excuse for me to kind of figure out a reason he's been so bad. Yeah, and you're you're paying – you are paying a round earlier price on uh, Chapman, at least a cumulative ADP. I didn't search, search by dates, but uh, – well, I had Josh Donaldson, former fave of yours. Uh, add him to this mix. Which of the three are you taking? I'd take Donaldson. I wouldn't even have to think about it. Okay, there you go. I, think, I actually uh, agree with you. As long as, Cruz, as long as Cruz doesn't end up back in Minnesota or someone like that, I'd like the fact that I'd like to get Donaldson, you know, 30, 40 games at DH to give him, get him off his feet a little bit. I think that would really help because, I mean, the, 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 the hitting tools are still, I mean, at 53% mm-hmm. hard hit rate last year, 17.5% barrel. The guy is still can square stuff up. It's just a matter of him staying on the field. And uh, if he get DH, I don't know, once or twice a week, I think that'd be a huge boost for him. Agreed. It's funny you say that about guessing on pitches. That's what I did my sophomore year in high school. It was a terrible year. I just went up there literally. I I was so frustrated at the point. I just guessed on everything. Was that after your first shoulder injury? Uh, No, my shoulder injury was an adult, but I was, uh, I was eight for 50 my sophomore year high school. It was not good. Ooh. That's 160 if you want to do the math real quick in your head. <laughs> it was pretty it has, I don't know if I could have done that. It has, has it, hasn't yeah. stuck with hasn't stuck with me at all. Um <laughs> just so we're clear, it led the league in batting my senior year. So it did turn around at some point. So it gets better. It got there. It does get better. Um 
a guy that you and I, I think both kind of liked last year is Kevin Biggio. And it was, uh, it was brutal. He was, uh, ADP was about 70 last year. I didn't, don't think I ended up with him in any of my big drafts, but uh, I did find him intriguing. I found the, uh, the lineup intriguing, the, the patience, a little bit of speed and power. He looked good in 2019 when he came up. Um, ADP right now is 288. That'll tell you how last year went. Uh, hit 224, seven home runs, 27 RBIs, and 294 plate appearances. Uh, K rate was way up. Walk rate was still good at 12.5%, but a little bit down. Uh, just clear that hard contact is a big thing for him. He does not hit the ball hard. 30% no. last year, 30 or 31% last year, 30% in 2020. Um, I wonder if he even starts the year in the majors. Like they have a lot of weapons. I wonder if they give him, you know, I've talked to uh, Rob Silver, who's a big uh, Toronto Blue Jays fan. He thinks that he might start in the minors also. So I'm, you know, take, kind of taking that from him. But um, there's a chance he might he might start in AAA, and that's obviously really bad no matter where you pick him. And the Jays might not be done yeah. adding players. Since they lost Semyon, they might go out and get another infielder. Uh, the Knights who say nay were correct on uh, Vigio. And, you know, towards the end of draft season, I kind of, you know, lowered him a little bit, but clearly not enough. Uh the fact that he was 20 for 20 in stolen bases at the major league level probably did a little bit of work for us there, but you know, he only attempted four last year. Guess you kind of have to get on base a little bit more. Guess you have to be in the right part of the lineup more. Cause by the end, he's batting at the bottom of the order. Uh, Santiago Espino was getting more playing time than him. even after he came back from an injury. Yeah. I, there, there's not much to advocate in favor of him. You know, all the overlays and discussions of said overlays were correct. You know, 14 homer or 16 homers in 2019. Again, happy fun ball, doing a lot of work. Yeah, I think I'm uh, just kind of blonde him. If he if he fell, you know, down to the 300 somewhere, maybe I take a shot if it it looks like they don't sign anybody. But uh, I think he'd have to slip for me to get interested. Yeah, I I think if you're in a draft and hold and you get him in the reserve rounds, you you know, great. You're not even getting position eligibility anymore. I mean, that's the other thing. You're not you're not getting a whole lot of help there either. Used to be you could get him at three spots, uh, and now you don't you don't get that. He is he's only third base eligible now. So in in, in leagues where you use twenty games as your standard. Last guy I want to ask you about in here is Michael Conforto. Uh, ADP last year was eighty. This year it's one ninety four and a half. Uh, obviously a rough year last year. Hit two thirty two. Uh, Fourteen home runs and four hundred eighty plate appearances. I was surprised his hard hit rates under 40% last four years. I thought he was more of a hard contact guy. Uh, he did drop the K rate a little bit to 22%. So he's fine there. Walk rate up a little bit. Uh, barrel dropped a little bit. Uh, I, I kind of thought I would like him a little bit more too as a, as a deeper dive. And I just kind of, I came out feeling a, a little blonde him at the price. Kind of that, that seemed, that price seemed fine, but not something I was going to be aggressively targeting. Yeah. It seems like uh, 2020 was this big career year and we were expecting, you know, that to be closer to the standard. And it really wasn't. I, that said, he's a free agent. You know, that might have been weighing on him too. Big contract year. Not everybody responds well to a contract year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I do think that it's possible that, uh, you know, he lands in the right spot. I think, you know, being in New York probably did not help him. When things went, went south, when the milk got bad, you know, the, the crowd turned on him and all the other Mets. Uh, terrible place to hit. Hit 705 OPS at home last year. Put him in the right ballpark. Good things could happen. Some team could probably take it good you know, discounted chance he'd fit well in cincy i'll tell you that i'd love yeah. to see the reds take a chance on him they have the playing time available too after losing uh castellanos i think that might be a good landing spot for him i don't know if they'll even do that because he's a major leaguer and you know god forbid <laughs> they actually sign one of those so uh but somewhere if he lands in the right spot it could be a nice little bounce back i it could be like though what happened to benintendi you know oh they got he got figured out 
It could be that that's what happened to Conforto too. That, that that's a worry. And Conforto's not full only happy fun ball too. I mean, he hit twenty seven. He was really good in twenty seven. He had twenty seven twenty one ones. Hit two eighty. Hard hit and barrel were career highs. Like I, I thought he was gonna, after twenty seven. I thought he was going to be so good. Hit twenty eight in twenty eighteen, but the average is down, uh, kind of similar in twenty nineteen. But yeah, I just uh, I don't know. One ninety four is probably about right. If he signed in the right spot, uh, I might be willing to do that. I I'd like to see the A sign him. I would take that. Uh, I take that yeah. on the team too. But again, like you said, has to. Uh, involve signing signing a major leaguer but one uh, more thing uh you know there is some hope you know from august 1st on it was 829 ops I, it wasn't the 2020 form but it's kind of one of those like you know grinders you know guys that you know you know jason these are the jason gray all-stars when you did like uh, tout wars and labor uh you know the guys that weren't superstars you pay 15 bucks for them in an auction they get you get you tons of playing time and get the counting stats conforto strikes me as a guy in that mold uh, now, you know, Nick, Nick Markakis was the canonical example of that type of guy in Orioles version of Markakis. Yeah. Uh, but eventually Markakis even went a little bit bad and it took him a long while to bounce back. So had a couple years with the Braves, but it took him a while that could, same could happen to Conforto 28 years old. Uh, yeah, it could be someone that, uh, still is useful though. I, I think you're right. I think a that's about the right price for him. And I take him at cost. Do you think we kind of get a, a one year prove it deal with him? What kind of deal do you think he ends up signing? I mean, I don't even know. I mean, we, I mean, yeah, it's so hard to answer that, not knowing what the CPA is going to look like. But I wonder right. if he'd be willing to jump in a one-year deal for you know a, a nice paycheck and kind of uh, prove himself, and then maybe sign after that. Sure, I can see that. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about some guys in, in later in the draft. Let's talk about some guys. Uh, I, I said post pick past post past pick three hundred. I can talk. Uh, the first couple of guys are right around there. They're a little bit earlier, but I do I did want to talk about them. The first is uh, Alex Alex Baum. Uh, he boom, boom, boom. I think it's uh, Alec, Alec bomb. bomb. I think Alec it's bomb. bomb. I was I'm, I'm going bomb as in louder than a bomb, or right. you know, but or but some Philly guy can correct us. Uh, please do if you can. Um, 2021 uh, was a year everybody was fired up about uh, bomb. Uh, hit, but he hit 247, seven home runs, four stolen bases. Uh, the K rate went way up as uh, 26.5%. It's something you look at the minor leagues, and that's, that wasn't really an issue for him. So you always wonder that first uh, that first couple trips around the majors, you know, the, the strikeout rate always jumps up. And they, most guys, not everybody, but a lot of guys, uh, you know, kind of get back down to the, the right. way they were in the minors. And that, that first trip up is, is really tough. Um, hard contact is really impressive, 49.5%. That jumps off the page down here. You don't get a lot of guys that hit the ball that hard down here. Uh, barrel is only 6.6%, so not, uh, not barreling up a ton, but a lot of hard contact. Um, fly balls were an issue 22.7% last year. If you're going to, you know, a lot of hard contact, not many fly balls, you get a lot of ground balls, which, you know, we don't really want for fancy wise. He was high thirties in the minors. So again, maybe he figures that out. Plus the strikeouts, uh, 2019 and double a hit 14 home runs in six, three games. So like he's shown some power. He was a big name prospect, a, a pretty hyped up guy. Um, now he's going in, uh, you know, the 20th round. Where are you on, uh, on bomb? Don't have a strong feeling here. Um, didn't have him at all last year. I think I, I think I played in leagues against Gray uh, from Rasball, who was big on him. And that was like the one thing Gray missed. Gray's really a good player, but he he was wrong on him. But uh, but and I, or, or people that had you know one all it takes is one person to use their service, and that was their guy. So whatever reason, and I don't mean you know, Rasball does great work. Please don't let me say that this is a criticism of them or anything like that. Uh, but I just didn't get them, uh, and I still don't know. It was. You know, it's contact over power, you know, and you need – I like getting power from third base. You know, if he's not – you know, if he's not making more contact, uh, then batting average is going to suffer and you're not going to get the power payoff. 
and you're not getting stolen bases as much too because you're not on base as much. Yeah. Uh, so all these things kind of kick in there. And even if you're just walking, then you're just advancing the run in front of you by 90 feet as opposed to moving him to third. So leaving that base open for, in front of you, little things like that. Um, he wasn't much of a runner anyhow, but so that's yeah. really not the big of a deal there. But I think um, he could, if I'm needing third base, I've been trying not to need third base, but if I am needing third base, yeah, I could see myself taking a flyer on him because I do see an upside. I just, don't I'm not gonna he's not like a priority of mine but it's like uh, okay I'll take him if he's the guy that falls yeah I think he's uh, I think I'm in at the uh, at the new price I think uh, you know prospect pedigree hard hit rate there's enough here if I uh, kind of squint I like the strikeout rates in the minors I think in the 19th 20th round be some of that I'm, I'm willing to take a shot on I think we'll know pretty quick if he uh, has figured it out I don't think you, you're gonna need more than a month to figure out if you can drop or not and I think that's uh, right I think he's one that uh, that could pay off and, and work out pretty nicely for very little uh, kind of priced in risk for sure. Give me him over Biggio every time. Uh, I take him ahead of Gio Urshela, who's uh, going picked higher. Although I went, no, I went, I wouldn't take him at Urshela's price, but if they're, they too, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take him compared to price. I would, yeah. I would take uh, Arias probably ahead of him because uh, ahead of bomb in part because Arias has second, third and outfield eligibility. It is nice. Uh, and I know what I'm getting with him. I know I'm not getting count like power or speed that much. It's weird to think that Arias doesn't provide speed, but he doesn't. Um, Josh Jung is the interesting guy in that comparison, it, but it's also the embracement of the unknown. Like yeah. he could be awesome. He he he's not settled. There's a lot of these guys, and you know the the twenty twenty plus range among third base. Like you yeah. don't want, don't want, don't You're want. Right. Arise is so tough for me because like he fits if you have the perfect spot for him where you need batting average or anything else, he fits really well. But two home runs and two steals last year is really tough to stomach. He only right. scored 58 runs, 42 RBIs. He's just not contributing. The runs would work if he hits in the right part of the lineup, and it depends how the twins work that out. But again, you get 294 for 480 plate appearances. That really helps if you need that. So I think he's a he fit he feels to me like a pure team construct guy, but can work in the right spot. Yeah, I, I think that's a, an important point. Uh, and if I'm looking for power in my team construct, I'm going Patrick Wisdom um, in that area. And no, he's coming up next. Okay. Um, so I, I preempted you there. So it's, it was like pulling teeth trying to get me to talk about him. No, that was uh, that was good. Let, let, let's let's jump down and talk about Patrick. We're talking about third baseman. Sure. He's picked three thirty. Uh, obviously, a, I guess a breakout guy last year with the, with the power. Twenty eight home runs, sixty one RBIs, and only three hundred seventy five plate appearances. Did hit 231. He's someone that you look at it like the K rate is massive, but the hard hit rate is massive also. I mean, he's 51%, 16% bail rate, but 41% K rate. Like that is among the elite of the strikeout guys, if you want to call it uh, elite. Uh, walk right. rate was only 8.5%. So not one of those guys that walks a ton, you know, just kind of uh, okay there. 49% fly ball rate. So as long as he keeps up the, the hard contact, he's going to hit home runs, going to hit a lot of fly balls. Probably not going to help his batting average with the strikeouts and the fly balls, though. Uh, but you look, I mean, the power is not out of nowhere. He hit 31 home runs in 396 play appearances in AAA in 2019. Uh, 92, 92nd percentile hard hit rate, 92nd percentile max exit below. Um, he just kind of, I think he just is the definition of kind of is what he is. And uh, it, it, like you said, you need power. I think he makes a lot of sense in a team construct like that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, you know, he could hit 185. That's poss yeah. entirely possible. Or, you know, he could do what he did last year. I mean, 28 homers last year. People don't realize, I mean, that's 28 homers. You know, there's there's a class of players of which Wisdom is one of that they get their shot in the big leagues late in life, late in their yeah. career life. Uh, 
they're not going to, they're, they're going to, they could burn bright for a couple of years, but then they usually burn out quickly. I mean, Jose Bautista is the rare exception, not the uh, norm. Usually you get a couple solid years out of him. Sometimes you get Whit Merrifield who get got a late start too, but he's also a completely different type of player. Usually you get these power guys at a corner spot and they're usually holding, you know, holding the position, keeping it warm for somebody. But Anthony Rizzo is not walking through that door, replacing the Brian LaHare here. This is the, the, the Cubs have nothing behind him. Not, not that I'm saying having nothing behind a guy is a reason to get him. Right. But I'm saying though, I think there's a good chance that they'll stick with him, you know, and give him a pretty close to a full year. Frank Schwindel too. Same I, kind I, of late in career guy too, right? Yeah. I'm all aboard Frank Schwindel for the price, by the way. Really? As, that one. as of right now, both those guys hit in the top five or six of the lineup, right? Right. Um, the bottom half of that lineup is not great. And I think Schwindel can actually kind of hit too, not just hit for power. I actually think he can actually hit. So, uh, I like waiting on first base as opposed to third base. I think there's lots of guys I like at first base and waiting wise, but Wisdom is a late power guy, and you know that can be useful. Yeah, I mean, you're, as in a 15 team, or especially, you're going to have spots, you're going to have positions or categories that you need late. It's just the way it works out. You can't, you right. can't get everything, and you want to get your clothes, you want your stars, you're not going to get everything. So you have to, you have to know, you know, as you get deeper draft, you need average. It's maybe it's a rise. You need power. It's wisdom. If you need a, you know, a combo of those, maybe it's, uh, you know, you take a shot on Alec Baum. But it's just you got to know what you need and where you can find it. I think it's for we, sure. We always talk about pockets of value. People get tired of talking about that, but I think it's, it's really important both from a positional aspect and a category aspect. Yeah. I never get tired of you talking about pockets of value. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. No problem. Uh, before we get to a few other guys after 300, um, a, a note from our sponsors at thrive experience, a new way to play daily fantasy sports on thrive fantasy, thrive fantasy's exciting player prop fantasy contest with thrive fantasy. You can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how to claim your free Rotowire subscription. Number one, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Number two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And third, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So, Jeff, I'm going to cheat. I mean, very easy. I'm going to cheat a little bit with the post 300 with one pitcher here. Tyler McGill in New York. ADP is 293. Uh, four and a half ERA last year in uh, 89.2 innings. But you look a little deeper at the, some of the metrics. He's uh, uh, 3.84 on the XERA, 3.92 on the XFIP. Um, the interesting thing with me about uh, McGill here, and our friend Matt Modica will be excited because he calls him the baby goat coming after uh, Jacob deGrom, who's the adult goat. Uh, hmm. But uh, K rate is 26.1%. Walk rate was pretty good at 7%. Um, it's just hard to get guys who strike people out at this point in the draft. And he's a guy that does strike some people out. 26% is pretty solid. Hasn't pitched a lot. He threw 70 innings in 2019. There's obviously the blank in 2020 because he was in the minors. Who knows what he threw him? Assuming he was something at the all site, we don't have stats on that. Then 130 in, in 2021. Uh, the barrel rates look concerning. It's a lot of hard contact. That's 10% there. You look a little deeper. Change up and slider. He uses those both around 20% of the time. Both had whiff rates over 31%. He throws 95. Um, I think you see, I think there's a little bit here. If you at this point in the draft, you need some strikeouts. Um, I think he's an interesting guy uh, that you, you can't find strikeouts down here very easily. I'm learning from about him from you and Modica and other smart people because I don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, one of the things that's interesting, and you know, you got to help me out on this one here. Uh, minor league spring training is he, you know, he was optioned in October, so he's not on the major league roster right now, but he is on the 40 man. Does that mean he can report to spring training, or is it all, is it just non 40 man roster guys? It's non 40 man roster okay. guys report to spring training. Yes. So much for that angle. Screw that. Never well, mind. Well, that's good. I actually have an answer for your answer, answer for your question, though. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you. For that. And right now, he's, I mean, you got DeGrom, Scherzer, 
Taiwan Walker, Carrasco, like who knows what those guys, and then McGill. I think I think his spot is pretty good. Yeah, I was trying to look at that. I mean, our depth chart, you know, and, and trying to figure it out. I mean, DeGrom, Scherzer, Walker, Carrasco, Lucchese, Trevor Williams. I guess those aren't guys. Uh, David Jordan, Peterson. Jordan Yamamoto, David Peterson. Like Peterson I, could be terrible for them again. He could. <laughs> it's a good point. And he could. Yeah. They got. They got they got Sean Reed Foley somewhere in there too, who uh, who used to be terrible at uh, I think it was the Toronto or the Mariners. Or one yeah, two. I mean McGill could be their third starter. Or he could be their fifth starter. Yeah, I mean, but I think or I not think, a starter at all. He sure you know, feels like one of the five when you look at that. I mean, obviously we don't think a sign, but he feels like one of the five right now, which is you know is uh, part of the battle for sure. Yeah, I mean I think it's him versus Trevor Williams is the way I'm reading that. Uh, yeah, I, I I probably should bump up his projection a little bit now that I'm looking at this a little closer. I just don't know. Yeah. I. I and, and let alone whether the Mets do anything else. That, that's, uh, you know. that's certainly possible. They obviously spent some money, but I just, yeah. as I get down here, I was looking at stars as we were talking about this and I find it hard to find guys who can strike guys out. And I think he's one of the few that can, you're pitching the NL East is not a bad spot. Although I guess we have no, no pitchers hitting anymore. So that hurts a little bit. I was but, just going to say, is yeah. that as great anymore? It's, I mean, it, it's not, you're right. It's, as I said that I thought about it, it's, you're right. It's not as good, but um I don't know. Give me twenty six percent strikeout rate down here on a on a decent team. I don't know how how their defense should be pretty good, right? Lindor and as long as they keep Robinson Cano at, at DH, right? Yeah, you know Jeff McNeil in the outfield should be fine. Yeah, please know Jeff McNeil in the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> they get that for a National League team. They sure have a lot of DH candidates, don't they? Yeah, Cano, they're, they're... Cano Dom Smith, and JD Davis should all be DHing, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, not every, and they already have Alonzo at first. So that's not even yeah. an option either. So uh, yeah. You're right. That's that is a weird. That's kind of a weird roster for a national team. That's it's pretty odd. So yeah. Um, another pitcher down here, about twenty picks later, uh, pick three fourteen is someone that we talked about a bunch last year, and uh, it didn't really work. He just couldn't stay healthy. Is Tony Gonsolin, but three point two three ERA, only fifty five innings. Dude's career ERA is two eight five and one hundred forty two innings. He's never topped fifty five innings in the majors though, so the injuries have always been an issue. Did throw one hundred twenty seven innings in the minors back in twenty eighteen. Another guy, though, K-rate was 27%. The walk rate was a huge issue. Uh, the walks were not a big issue in 2020 in the majors or in the minors, but it was really bad last year at 14%. Right now, he lines up to be one of the starters. The Dodgers, I assume, are a team that aren't done, whether it be signing somebody or maybe making a trade. I won't bring up Luis Castillo getting traded because I'm sure you don't want to talk about that. But I kind of think the Dodgers will make some move, maybe a Frankie Montas kind of thing. Like I think they could kind of pillage either of our teams. I think they want one more starter. I don't think it's going to be Kershaw, but you know, you look a little deeper at Gonsolin, you look at his slider and his split finger, both over 40% whiff rates. Like the two pitches that really get swings and misses is, is, a, is a key thing you love to see for a starter. Uh, batting average against a slider was 118, against a splitter was 106. Like not only gets swings and misses, but no, the guys are not hitting the ball. I just, it's, it's all health for Gonsolin. I don't know if he can stay healthy as a starter. Yeah, I think I've got him projected for like 80 innings. I don't know. Um, yeah, if he throws 80 innings, he's pretty much worthless. He lost the the velocity on his fastball, but he is that bad. Dealt with a bad shoulder. Well, guess what? Bad shoulders don't go away sometimes, too. Um, yeah, really difficult time trying to peg him. Uh, he is. Yeah, it, I think. Yeah, I mean the price is finally commensurate with perhaps you know the the upside risk. Yeah, he, he was he was he was he was buzzy and pushed up last year when we got to when we got to March drafts. People really liked him last year. Was that you? Yeah. Too? Yeah. yeah, one of my mains, I, I picked him over many others, uh, reached a little bit there, and that was fun. And then I dropped, and then someone else picked him up, and at least fortunately, no one else really burned me too bad on that. But, yeah, yeah I mean. And if, if you, I ended up using him a couple times. It would always be three and a third or four, and he's like, it never it – ne- whenever you used him, it never worked, despite the fact that he had 3-2 ERA. It was a, he was impossible to use last year. Yeah. 
So you mentioned uh, you mentioned Jeff McNeil earlier. Funny enough, I had him on the list here. He's uh, another guy who went way down in ADP. He was popular the last couple of years. Um, twenty twenty one, he hit two fifty one, only seven home runs. Uh, he did hit three eleven and three eighteen in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty nineteen. Another guy where Happy Fun Ball looks like a huge outlier. Twenty three home runs in twenty nineteen. I don't think we're. I don't think anybody thinks that's coming back. A uh, hard hitter is back up. Is still a thirty three percent guy. Uh, barrel rate never over five percent. So I don't think the power is ever coming back. Do you think he kind of fits in this like Luis Arias spot where maybe the batting average is going to come back up to the the prior year range? Probably a little bit. Uh, keep in mind too, McNeil's another old debut guy, uh, and you know we we like okay, we well, use nice in his debut. Let's see what he can do going forward. Uh, that's it. That's this is what he is. He's a fully made guy, uh, and maybe you know the. the I, maybe and the thing is he was hurt some last year too if i recall correctly that yeah, could have compromised played 100, he played 120 games so yeah you're right but you know i don't know i mean where's he gonna play is another question uh i i've seen some differing reports on that uh whether he plays second base whether they you know if cano's i mean cano's gonna play the field some they got escobar will probably play third but what if they play jd davis at third and then they have to play escobar at second and then you know i could see a uh a universe where McNeil is not an everyday player. I was going to say they kind of way you're talking through it. They maybe that you could see him sitting twice a week and not being that surprised. Exactly. And the hard part with guys like this is he has to hit for batting average to work. Like if he hits 260, he really hurts you because he's not going to get a lot of power. I think we're going to throw out that 23. He's not going to run. He had three stolen bases. He only had three attempts last year. Not going to drive any runs. So that's three categories right there you're not getting. And it's just, it's tough right away to kind of figure out what, what we got going here. Yeah, and it might be one of those self-fulfilling things too. Like, well, I need to hit regularly to get my batting average up. But if I'm not getting my batting average up, I'm not going to be playing regularly. I mean, it's he's got to get off to a good start. Yeah. Uh, last year was such a malaise with all these Mets that makes me wonder if it just kind of the, the, the whole overall weight of the season just dragged them down and dragged down their individual numbers. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a good point too. But they just have a lot of guys for not that many spots. I mean, interesting. It's a team yep. that it's figuring out playing time is pretty tough. But it is a few, few more guys here before we get out of here. Uh, Connor Joe, uh, average or ADP <laughs> is uh, three twenty five. Hit two eighty five last year. Eight home runs and two hundred eleven plate appearances. Um, hard hit rate was thirty nine percent, not great. But barrel rate is pretty good at nine point nine percent. Solid K rate under twenty percent. Like to see that uh, with you know the guys these days. Twelve point three percent walk rate. I looked at Connor Joe. He hit 300 with 15 home runs and 450 plate appearances in 2019. I think it was for AAA and the Dodgers. So like a good average and a good, you know, it's a decent pop. Looks like an everyday guy, especially with the DH. We never know what the Rockies, what the heck they're going to do, but at least to start the season hitting in Coors Field, it seems like uh, this is someone that's not going to hurt you at pick 325. It might help you a little bit. The DH helps him a lot too. It does. Um, he's another old debut. Finally got his first like full season of the majors at age 28. Uh, but he got that chance kind of and the, the Rockies like for as long as I can remember are, are the type of team that does this too. Charlie, Charlie Blackman got a late start to his career. Yep. Uh, it's just one example. Uh, Sam Hilliard still can't get a full-time gig may not Garrett Hampson. has been wanting so far. You could see it. You could also see like Zach Veen some point in time, getting the call up. They've got uh, some other prospects in that mold too. Uh, but I also could see a full season of Connor Joe. Uh, and by the way, supposedly Monfort is the owner that was pushing for the elimination of minor league minor leagues levels the last time they did when they eliminated 42 teams. I wouldn't be surprised if he's still behind it even now too. It, that like that was the poison pill that they tried to put into that otherwise overwhelming offer the owners made to the players there. Uh, 
you know, that was the poison pill that prevented it from getting him just to make sure that they said no. So they could spin it against the players. But, um, he develops, he, he develops his minor leaguers so well, though. You think he'd want to have as many minor leaguers as possible. Yeah. Then I just, yeah. So Stam- I'm going to stammer here. I'm so frustrated with him, but yeah. It's been, it's been a lot of years of struggle there. I, I think that Connor Joe has a pretty good runway of playing time though. I think he'd have to struggle for the first like six to eight weeks. I think he's got a pretty good, uh, oh, pretty, I agree. Good, pretty good chance to like make his name. And if he starts playing well, I think they just kind of let him run with it. I mean, they're just with a DH. I think it opens up, like you said that, I think it opens up the Rockies outfield a lot. And there's just, there's not a lot of guys who are like, Oh, well, you know, if he doesn't, he doesn't do it now. So this guy's going to take his spot. It's just, it's not happening in Colorado. I mean, we've already got, you know, what Tapia and Sam Hilliard as, as starters right now. So it's like, it just there's there's not a lot of depth there. Yeah, and Sam Hilliard's kind of sort of a starter. Uh, yeah, exactly. That. Uh, he's only outfield eligible. Only played 14 games at first, but that's a, another pathway to playing time too. Yeah. Uh, CJ Crone just got an extension this offseason, so he'll be the guy. Uh, but you never know. It's the Rockies. Rockies are going to Rocky. I'm glad. I'm glad CJ Crone got paid. By the way. Me too. Me too. Yeah. He had some weird getting cut after good seasons. He had some four they, years in a row. Yeah, got like, screwed around a lot. Rays, I'm really, I, twins. Yeah. I'm really yeah. happy he got he got paid. Yeah. Uh, three more guys we got of here. Uh, Zach Plesac is someone that I ended up last year in, in the main event, but it was one of those we talked about last last week, and like one of those guys that like fell around and a half, and I was like, well, at this point, you know, not really on my list, but I might as well do it, and I, I regretted it almost instantaneously. Uh, disaster of 2021 4.67 era 142 innings um he was 3-8 in 2019 and the, to the 2.28 in 2020 as you look at this more and more though like that 2020 small short season really sticks out you look at the k rate last year's 18 and a half percent 27 and a half percent back to 16 and a half percent uh hard hit rate was up barrel is up the velo is still 94 or 93 or 94 he didn't lose any velo you look at the stat catch page. You just want to take a look, a real, a quick screenshot. It's gross. It's all blue except for walk rate. Like the whole thing is blue. It's not what you want for a pitcher. His um, outlook is amazing. Did you see that? No. So, so our line here, his stat cast page has more blue ink than a big pen exploding in your shirt nice. pocket. And most of that comes from how poorly his fastball performed. Uh, and he threw that 42% of the time. Seems bad. I, pro- I promise I didn't steal that straight from the outlook, but that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, it's a great line. Um, I thought this was going to be in the last year's bomb section. Uh, not the plus <laughs> kind of fits both, right? It's crazy. Yeah. How him and McNeil kind of fit both, but slider whiff rate went from 43%, like elite numbers in 2020, 2020 to 20, the 31.5% in 2021. I, I, I want to find a reason, reason here, but like the more you look at it, 2019 and 2021 look more similar. And 2020 looks like a big outlier that he just, he just kind of found something for whatever that was 55, 60. He innings. found playing central division teams the entire season. That was, was probably your, what he found. That was your point last year. And for with Zach, yeah. I mean, that worked exceptionally well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hundred K's and 142 innings. I mean, I, I, sometimes I don't think you need to look at Statcast. You can just look at that and say, yeah. okay, I mean, that, that's your issue. Maybe pitching in Cleveland will help some. Maybe facing the Central Division teams will help some. But over a full schedule, um, that, that's kind of dangerous. Plus, he also had one of the funnier injuries. Not funny to him, but was he taking off his shirt too hard? Aggressively like ripping yeah. off his shirt and hurting his thumb. You know, yeah. Aggressively, I love that phrase. And the the only the, the potential that I, I see is a little bit of value here. And I not to mention Matt Modine again. We were talking earlier about DCs. If you're playing draft champions. This is someone that's going to be a starter to throw every innings. Like if you if you have some injured guys early on, you need someone that's going to start every week and you want to be there all year. There is, there is some of that in, with, with Plesak. He's going, he's not, I don't think he's going to lose his job. I think they're going to let him go out there and throw every start. 
Um, so if you need innings and you need that, there are some guys in there that has a little more value to me in a DC that does a main event where, you know, you can, you can pick guys up. You can't pick somebody up. Having a guy's going to throw every week does have its value. Yeah. I, I don't come here to praise him or bury him, but I'm probably going to bury him. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't super excited after looking at him. Um, two more hitters I want to talk about real quick. And they are both guys that I am targeting pretty aggressively at their price. So uh, if you want to not listen, if you're going to be in my league and now is the time to, uh, to go ahead and have some dinner. Uh, first guy is Evan Longoria. ADP is 360. Super impressive for you. I'd heard he collided with Brandon Crawford, I think is what the injury was. Uh, hit 261, 14 home runs and 291 plate appearances. He is 36. I get that. But you look at hard hit rate guys that are over 250 plate appearances. Number one, Aaron's judge. Number two is Vlad Guerrero. Number three is Jarrell Clinton. Number four is Evan Longoria last year. Like that is prime freaking company right there. 54.5% hard hit rate, 13.5% barrel rate, both career highs. I get he's 36, but last year he was absolutely raking the ball. I think the DH helps him too. I think getting him off third base once a week would be really good at 36. Carrier was up a bit, so he probably sold out a little bit for the pop, which, uh, you know, as long as it doesn't go too crazy, it was 30, 23.5%. I'm okay with that. Um, I just pick, think it picked 360. There is zero risk for a guy that I think, at least while he's healthy, you can be able to use him every single week. Sure. Uh, it's when he's healthy is always the key. It's like how many games you for get. Sure. Um, he, he's basically a bench spot you're drafting for here, too, at 360. So. Sure. I, I get that. Yeah. It, again, he's another one of those veterans that seemed like the, the Giants got a lot of mileage out of last season. Uh, they did, and it'll probably fall off at some point, but at pick 360, like, I'm fine if it falls off and I got to drop him. Like, there's just there's zero risk down here for a guy that might, you know, be really solid for you. He hit 260 last year with 13 home runs and half a season. I know you can't extrapolate that out to a whole season, but, you know, give me a guy that's hitting the ball hard. I could put him in, uh, you know, most weeks, or if I, you know, I my corners are fine that week. Maybe I sit him if they uh, – you know, play matchups here and there. You know, if he's got some lefties, I definitely put him in there. But I think he's someone that's very usable. And uh, at pick 360, it's hard to find usable guys. I think he's very much one. Yeah. Another, this is a perfect illustration of the danger of projections, you know, because any sort of ranking system using projections is going to have to have a drag on his playing time. For sure. Um, if you do a playing time neutral set of rankings, he's going to show up better. And I recommend that you do that. You normalize it on a per game basis there some, uh, somehow. You, you can't completely discount the injuries. You still have to discount him, but that, but he's going to rate a lot better. Uh, and that makes you kind of like, and that's going to make you want to take him around ADP. I think that's, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm on board with this too. And I, I think the injury is already priced in here. And it's nice down here. If you pick someone in the 23rd round, they get hurt. Like that's the easiest drop ever. Like injury risk in the first 12 rounds. I'm like, oh, if he gets hurt, I got to figure out to do that. I'm going to hold him for two months. Longoria gets hurt. I just drop him. It's, it's really easy. So it's just, uh, I, I think it's a, a really good, uh, really good price here. Um, if that ADP sticks around there, there won't be many teams that I don't have him on. Right. Uh, you know, it's the veterans at that price. You know, they're going to play. Yeah. Uh, the other guy on our list at his position. So we might as well incorporate him as Mike Moustakis. And yep. same sort of principle applies. And again, the DH measurably helps Mike Moustakis uh, big time because big time. They, they, Jonathan India is firmly ensconced at second base. That's never happening again. Votto is not going away at first, and they want Suarez to be, get well at third. So where that, what's that leave Moustakis? DH. It's perfect. I mean, you're the Reds fan. You think he just kind of – they just slot him in the DH every day, plays a field a couple times a week, but he's going to be in there whenever he's healthy, right? He might not even qualify for a position in 2023, but I don't even care. The uh, first, uh, the first, the first NL utility only player could be Mike Mustakas. Well, there'll be lots of them. There will be I lots think. of them next year. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, you look at uh, he was 38 home runs in 2019. I was a little surprised when I look at Mustakas. The hard hit rate's been under 40 percent last five years. He's not a huge uh, hard hit guy, but uh, I think the power is obviously there. He was clearly not healthy last year. I kind of toss out that barrel rate and all that, but. 
um, yeah, I think at 352, I'd take Longoria before I take Moustakas, but if someone grabbed Longoria before me, uh, I'm fine grabbing Moose also. Yep. Uh, one more guy I want to talk about. It's uh, We're going a little bit further down to pick 385, but someone that I do like a lot, as I got deeper into this one, I liked him even more, is uh, Chaz McCormick in Houston. Uh, hit 257 last year with 14 home runs. The Ks were a big issue. He's 32.5%. I get that's a huge issue. However, you look in the minor leagues, he was he was like in the teens in the minor leagues. So I think he's another guy that first time through the league, you know, he was struggling there. But you look at you look at his hard contact, and you just don't get this at pick 385. 48% hard hit rate, 10% barrel rate. Also, he's an 89 percentile sprint speed guy. Like I think you might get 10 steals out of him if he plays. The big issue is playing time. You've got you've got uh, Kyle Tucker and Michael Brantley in the outfield. You have Jordan Alvarez who's going to DH. Like there's three out of four spots are gone. So it depends. This could really get impacted by if they sign out. If they sign an outfielder, this one gets much less exciting. But if they don't, and he's playing stuff. He's a really good outfielder. His uh, his you look at his uh, defensive numbers on Statcast and the you know outs above average all kind of all way way in the dark red. Like he's a really good outfielder and that helps him stay in the lineup. If they don't sign an outfielder at pick 385, I'd go up to pick like 335 for this. I think that uh, you get someone that can hit the ball hard in a good lineup. I know he's going to hit down the lineup, but uh, I think yeah, I think as a sixth outfielder, I think he's a perfect fit. At one point in time in this draft season, he was going in the 400s, yeah. and he's already starting to go up a little bit there. Um, I, this is, I think this is a Sporer guy, or maybe it was everybody thought he looked like Sporer. I forget which. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody looked like, he he looked like Sporer and an accountant, uh, kind of a combo between the two. Yeah, I think that was it, but I think – Paul, it was he or Jason Collette that endorsed McCormick too, if I recall correctly. So again, this it, is if if playing time comes, you're getting some power and yep. some speed. Yep. Uh, it, you could be 2010, and you're getting that for nothing. Although not for nothing, if he keep, if the Astros don't sign anybody, then yep. you're gonna have to pay around pick 300. Yeah, I think he's one that if you're drafting DCs right now, I would grab him with the thought that, you know, it may not work out, but the price is really good. If they don't sign anybody and we're doing main events and he's the center fielder, like it's it's going up in the you're right, the two high 200s, maybe around 300. But I mentioned the the outfield stuff. I mean, he's 89% sprint speed, 97th percentile outs about average, 95 percentile outfielder jump. So like really good, uh, really good situation in the outfield. If they need someone to play center field, they do at the moment. I don't mean they may sign somebody. It's very true. The Astros have money. They are contending, obviously. Uh, they're you know easily the favorites in the division. But um, if he sticks to center field, man, I, I I love him as a as a fantasy player this year. So you are moving markets right now because I just took Chaz McCormick at pick three seventy two <laughs> yeah. while we were talking I love in it. the first pitch Arizona speakers draft. Uh, I could pick six. I could have got him maybe six picks later. Uh, but why take the chance? Absolutely, Chaz, come on down. When you can draft Chaz McCormick, you just got to jump and do it. I mean, it, and I I. Hope at least one person in the league listens and com- complains to you about it there because <laughs> that would so be too. amazing. That would be awesome. So, yeah. uh, anybody else you want to talk about? We've got a little bit long here, but uh, we usually we had a lot of guys to talk about and some good stuff. I gotta right. save it. We got a long, long nuclear winter. We gotta, I you know, know, don't we? We we had to get creative in 2020. I'm hoping not to have to get quite yeah. that creative. Let's uh, let's hope we have uh, right. Amen, just players in baseball to talk about. We got it was there's some fun that we had in 2020 with having guests on and doing some uh, funky stuff. But I would. Uh, I'd like to be able to just talk baseball for a while. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. So, no, uh, but I, I don't have anything else to add right now. Uh, yeah. In fact, I got to book a guest for Thursday still. So, looking forward to Fred and I tomorrow. Nice. Uh, that's going to be. Fred's so good, by the way. Talk, I mean, good dude, good on the podcast, but an awesome fantasy player, too. Exactly. All, all of the above. Dude, um, like, wins, I love, wins freaking everything. I love being doing the podcast with them. And being in mixed labor with him, and we'll, we talk about the trades that we do with each other. In fact, nice. we'll probably get a trade on air one of these times. Uh, he's, he loves to trade, so it's it's ideal. Um, so he's yeah, in, looking he's for in that. friends and family too, right? He is. I think he, he is. is. 
and he's also the defend two-time defending champion in El Towers, but he's doing draft and hold this year because he's got a uh, timing conflict. His kids have a hockey tournament that weekend, so something to, to, can... to be said for winning twice and just calling it and be like retiring, and I'm good. And well, he's also I'm a good gonna, dad too. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go conquer another uh, another format. Exactly. And if you're not sick of us yet, we got gaming golf tomorrow. Hey, 24 to one winner this week. That uh, I know you can't, can't be upset about You've that. You got that two winners the, already this year. Two winners this year, and I actually uh, actually bet Sheffield this week, and uh, that was a that was a nobody in my house was happy with me though because I kept flipping over to the playoff holes during the Super Bowl, so I was I was getting lots of bad looks. I'm like, it's a commercial, and everybody's like, that's what we're here to watch is the commercials. So I had to uh, I had so to. So you didn't I, go to your secret underground cave where you had the three TVs, huh? Uh, I did, except every we had people over at our house, so everybody was watching other stuff in there. So I like. I didn't have as much uh, as much. I had a TV outside, but everything was on the game. So I had to, I got the laptop going. I watched last year's people were like looking at me crazy. Cause I started yelling when Sheffler made that putt. So, yeah, that's so I was like, fun. you don't realize this is worth a lot more money than me than anything I have on the Super Bowl. I think so you texted me. I did. Uh, I felt really, I felt really game. bad about doing it. Cause I know, but I know no, you had him, I was glad you, had you, did. Draft, you had him in DraftKings. I know. So I, uh, I felt bad. It was, I think they were down. The Bengals were down seven, nothing to him. Like I shouldn't text him, but yeah, I figured it was gonna be good news. No, it was, it was a welcome bit of good news at a time when there wasn't good news. So that that's was good. Uh, yeah, made me some money. So that was good. Beautiful. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We appreciate our partnership with WinBet all year long. That's W Y N N B E T. You want to follow Jeff on Twitter? He's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensen. We can answer questions there. We're back at you, uh, Jeff, next Sunday night, right? Yes, sir. Beautiful. Well, I look forward to that. Hope everybody has a uh, really good week. Hopefully, have some good baseball news to uh, at least uh, share by then. I'm not too optimistic, but hopefully, we do. One of these weeks, we're going to. So, I hope, thanks everyone for listening. Hope everybody has a great week. Take care. Guess I'm out of the studio. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.